NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit, credit to the people. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, welcome to episode 602 of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I'm your host, Jamie, and today my friend Hosanna Wong is on the show, and she's been here before. She was here in 2021, episode 415, if you want to go back and check it out. We have a really great conversation today, and here's why it's so great, is because we talk about something that if you've grown up in the church, you've heard these words before, but we talk about what does it mean practically? And if you're new to church, this is also going to be great for you because we're talking about practical things. So many times we have this like high level idea of what it means. And what we talk about today is abiding in Christ. Like we have this high level idea of abiding in Christ, but what does it mean to actually do that? And so we talk about it because Hosanna released a book just yesterday called You Are More Than You've Been Told. It's available wherever you get books. Check it out if you are interested. We also talked today about a spoken word of hers called I Have a New Name. You can also listen to that wherever you listen to music. Guys, before we jump in, I think I just want to read John chapter 15 to you. We talk about this in the show today, and so I want to give you a little bit of context. If you're new to following Jesus, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. If you've been here around following Jesus forever, let's just give a refresher of what this is. So I'm going to read this. Here we go. John chapter 15. Again, this is Jesus speaking. He says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That is from John chapter 15 when Jesus is talking to his disciples about abiding in him. And we use that word a lot in church, abide. And Hosanna is going to break this down for us. It is so very good. You guys, right before we get to our show, I want to remind you of two things. Are you ready? Number one, if you have not joined our book club, today's a great day to do that. We're reading An American Immigrant. It is a novel. We're reading that this month. And when you join our book club, you get the novel uh, downloaded for you as a digital download, and you get a conversation with the author as well. Well, one more thing I want to tell you is it is always a joy when we get great reviews for you on the podcast. Now, I've always said rating and reviewing your favorite podcast is not to make your favorite podcast host feel better, but it really truly does help more people find the show. And 
I really believe in the shows that we create at the happy hour. I truly believe in them so much. I think they're encouraging. I think they're uplifting. Our goal all the time is to point people to Jesus. And so anytime we find new listeners, it makes me happy. So I want to read a review that was given to us a couple weeks ago. It says this, so grateful to have found this faith-focused podcast. I've been really enjoying this encounter series and hearing from so many different perspectives. Thank you so much for that review and rating. And I hope you guys enjoyed the encounter series this past summer as well. And if you missed last week, we had Dr. Russell Moore on the show. Go check out his podcast interview as well. Friends, I can't say it enough. I'm honored that you're here. You have a lot of podcasts that you can listen to. And today you're choosing to listen to this one. So here's what I can promise you. I can promise you that at the end of the conversation today between me and my friend Hosanna, that you're going to be encouraged, that you're going to desire to abide in God more, and you're going to feel practically how you can actually do that. All right, I'm going to let her talk to you. I'm done talking to you. Here is my conversation with my friend Hosanna. Hosanna, welcome back to the happy hour. I'm so excited to be back. I love this podcast. I love you. I love your people. They are so kind. This is so cool. My people love you and you are so kind. And um, I'm excited to have you back. I know. Um, It's August. What does, what's exciting for you in August? Oh my goodness. I mean, besides a book coming out. Besides my book coming out, I mean, that's exciting. And also, more than ever, my husband gets to be on the road with me. So I will say it's also filled with lots of celebration. Like throughout the book run, we're also celebrating with a lot of friends and seeing a lot of people while we're traveling. So I think it represents like a lot of fun and celebration. Um, And my husband being with me, which is extra special. That is extra special because I know that's not how it always is. What makes it possible this month? Why does Guy get to go with you? So much intentionality and planning and taking that very seriously, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Not just be like, oh, I wish this was true. It's like, how can we make this true? Ooh, I like that. And planning ahead for it. So he didn't come on the road often with me earlier this year. This was planned scheduled, you know, just being intentional with that. And it's just making a lot of space for some fun and enjoyment throughout it. That'll preach with like so many things we want to do with our life is like, there's yes, so how many will you plan like, for it? Yes. How will yeah. you be intentional with it? That's good. That's a good word. I'm thinking about that. Like, what do I want in 2024 and how do I make that happen? Not in like this weird, like I want $10,000, but like, right. oh, I want to make my sons to my boys last semester of high school matter. That's one thing to say that. And it's another thing to start today in August planning that. Right. Planning for the life you say you want to live 100%. So that's what we're excited about. I love that. Now, you are probably, you and my friend Chris are on the road the most of all my friends. How many days a a year are you on the road? I do 43 events a year. So 52 weeks. 43 events, but those sometimes are two to three days. Like we just did a okay. conference together. That was a couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how many days that is <laughs> off the top of my head, but a lot. Okay. I want to ask you this. This is like a friend question, but we'll let the whole world hear it as well. Yeah. Why not? I know. Why not? Okay. We're talking about intentionality. So let's just keep yeah. going there. How yeah. are you intentional with other areas of your life when you're on the road? And I mean, marriage. I mean, your church home. I mean, your friendships. I mean, everything else that you have to carry as a woman in this world. What does that look like for you in this stage where you're traveling so much? Absolutely. Happy to share. This is 
so much about what my new book is about, about how we have to do this. I will say for us right now, there's a couple of things. There's there's grace and then there's planning. I live in the grace that my structure doesn't look like it did five years ago mm. or three years ago or how my friend Jamie Ivey's schedule looks. Mm-hmm. I live in the grace that we're not all called to the same pace or the same families or the same things. So one of the things is the grace of this is our lives and our calling. What has God called us to do this year? This might not look the same as it did three years ago. So there's that. There's that grace. I think some of us are living on autopilot, obeying something God called us to do 10 years ago. Wow. But he's calling us to do something else today. So one of the things that we do is we receive that grace. And then we schedule. And for us, it looks like our rhythm is the beginning of every month. We schedule that month with some intentionality. So one of the things we'll talk about is Sabbath. And one of the things that's been very hard for me about Sabbath and resting is the way I was taught it was that it has to look a very specific way, a very specific day of week from this time to this time. And I could never adhere to the standards some Mm -hmm. of my wonderful friends have. And I hope to maybe be there someday. But in my life, not all days are created equal and not all weeks are created equal. Me and my husband don't have the same schedules. And so instead of every single week, this is the day and the time and the way, it's we look at the month calendar and say, this week, because I'm out of town this day, because we have a family thing this day, we have a church thing this day, this is the day we Sabbath together. Mm. Okay, the next week, because the next week we have. So that's one example, but in everything with rhythms of having our um, celebrating with our friends, having community, the people we disciple, the ways that we rest, mm. all of the things that we have said, we want to live the life God's called us to live. How do we do it? It's actually not all months are created equal. It wouldn't be the same thing. It is absolutely not the same yeah. thing this month as it was last month. And then we thought earlier in the year, we know I'm coming out with the book it, in August. Okay. So how are we planning for the life that we feel that we're called to live. Mm. So it's it's a, it's grace, um, and then it's structure, it's planning, it's thinking. I'm not going to live the life God called me to live while on autopilot. Mm. How can I obey Him well with how I plan? You know, that's so good. And I'm thinking of a million examples in my own personal life that this relates to. But I think that that is like that is living the life of of Christ, of living in that grace and living in that intentionality. And I love what you said. You said something earlier that you said my my way of living doesn't always have to look like her way. And I think right. that so often we hear people on podcasts, maybe it's you, maybe it's me, maybe it's our other friend, Jessica, whoever it might be, we hear them and, we, and they say, this is how we do it. And then we internalize that and say, well, I must be bad or I must right. be wrong because I'm not doing what she's doing. Right. And where, Hosanna, I want to know from you, like, how do you find that balance of learning and gleaning from people who are wise and smart and are doing great things and also knowing what works best for you. Right. I think it's great to be inspired by other people. Mm-hmm. And I think being in real community, and this doesn't mean that you do life with somebody every single day or they live in your yeah. neighborhood and you wear the same clothes and share the same jeans. Like, I don't mean that. I mean, when you have people that you can trust and get honest with, and they can trust and get honest with you, and you can have kind of a rhythm of confession and a rhythm of celebration, mm-hmm. a way of knowing what's actually happening in each other's lives. You, I, you, me, and Jess are a good example of that. You might assume that our rhythms are the same. 
because we might have more similar um, careers than some Mm -hmm. of our other friends have to us. But the truth is that God calls us to different things in different seasons. We have different families. We have different ways that God's calling us to share about him that year. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, I think that's a good example of like, here's what God's calling me to do. Hey, how are you doing this? Well, how are you Mm -hmm. doing this? Well, here's how I think I'm going to do it. And by asking questions and getting answers, I like to take great, uh, advice with a grain of salt, like take it with gratitude and a grain of salt. Like, oh my gosh, I love how she does that. Come to God. God, is this something you want me to use in my life mm-hmm. too? Yes or no? Kind of like that. So yeah. I think asking people real questions I have, we do that all the time. How are you doing this? How are you doing that? Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? But then bringing that to God and saying, is that what you want for my life or no? Mm-hmm. You can be inspired by a lot of people, but you want to obey what God's calling you to do. That's so good. Okay, I want to talk about you have two new projects out. And I am a friend of yours in real life. And so I've got this pride overflowing with me. (laughs) But I want to talk about two things that you have released recently. One is a re-release of a spoken word on identity. And then next is your book. And it comes out. I have it right here in front of me. What day? August? 8th. 8th. So exciting for you. Thank you. Thank you, So exciting. So exciting. Okay, let's go back to the spoken word. And I want you to talk about this. Um, It is a lot about identity and and the names that God calls us. And I think that there is not a person who's listening to our voice right now that has not struggled in large ways, small ways, different seasons with really like our identity and and who, who does God say we are? And not only who does he say we are, but do we believe who he says that we are? So talk to us about your spoken word and where it came from. Right. Well, I have a new name came out of one of the most painful seasons um, that I've ever lived through. Probably one of the most painful seasons of our marriage. A lot of loss, physically, financially, relationally. The people I thought would stay didn't. The people who we thought would defend us didn't. I lost who I was. And my husband would tell you I wasn't the same person. My friends didn't Mm. hear from me. I really lost who I was. And I think people can relate to hearing names about yourself, not enough, failure, shameful, not good enough, broken, guilty. What we think about ourselves determines how we live. So when I believe these names about myself, I'm living like these are true. And I'm I'm, Mm. I'm growing disconnected from myself. And um, I wrote this spoken word piece that came out of that season seven years ago this month that I originally wrote that spoken word poem. So the book comes out seven years later, the same month, but I have a new name is a spoken word piece declaring names that God gives us. When I fought to spend time in God's word to see what God said about me, I try to make God's voice the loudest voice in my life. God had other names for me. I didn't know these names as well as the other names I had been answering to or living up to, but I started memorizing names that God gave me trying to make his voice the loudest voice in my life. Mm -hmm. And then out came this spoken word piece, I have a new name. And if you hear it, it's streaming. It's mostly the word of God. Mm -hmm. It's like 80% straight from the word of God. So um, it's just truths about what God says about us. And I needed to declare it and I needed to know it. But I'll tell you, I didn't just, you know, discover who I was Mm -hmm. by just declaring these names. I had to change. I had to change my life to stop being defined by the opinions of people and the circumstances around me. And the fight for my life looked like fighting for my schedule, Mm. not thinking that I was going to be healed and whole on autopilot, but that I needed to fight to spend real time with God for real and not think that my relationship with Jesus has to look like anybody else's relationship with Jesus. But I truly had to make space and time to spend time with him. And over time, my 
posture change and my mm-hmm. marriage change and my ministry changed. Lisa Bevere has this beautiful quote that says, trials have the power to transform you from who you are into who you long to be. But somewhere along the way, we learned the lie that we could be heroes without engaging in a battle. And I had to engage for the battle for my life. Mm. And it looked like fighting for my schedule and fighting for real time with God. Mm. Mm. Is that the spoken word that you did it there for? Yes, it is. Yep. My daughter loved it. She oh, came away her. as that being one of her favorite things. So yes, yes, yes. You know, I think that that fighting to believe who God says we are, I, I look back on seasons of my life and feel the same way that I had been told. And you know what, Hosanna, for me, it wasn't so much that people had verbally said things to me. I just kind of instinctually believe things about me as a new follower of Jesus, like someone yeah. who grew up in church. So I knew all the quote unquote rules, Yeah, uh, grew up knowing what I should and shouldn't do. But then I started doing all the should it, should nots. Yeah. And so I internalize, I must be bad. I must be unlovable. I must, God must not want me all the things, even though I don't remember anyone verbally saying that to me. Hmm. It's like, I said it to myself, you know, yeah. like I started to believe that God was not who he said he was. And looking back, I feel so sad about that for myself that I was trusting my own ideas about God over actually reading what God says about me. And you're saying the same thing. It's life-changing to get in and spend time with him and learn what he says about who you are. Yeah. And it's essential to know what God says about you so that you live the life you've been created to live. And I love Mm. what you said that some things maybe someone didn't tell you. Maybe you told yourself, Mm -hmm. um, maybe because of your circumstances or something you internalized. But here's how it could, when you you believe these lies about yourself, it traps you in the wrong patterns of living. Uh Here's how. If you believe you're not enough, you might try to change who you are to be enough. You might try to pretend like your background is a different background, dress a different way, talk a different way, try to pretend that you're someone that you're not thinking that you have to change who you are or do more or produce more to be more valuable. You believe you're not enough, so you live like you are. If you believe that you're a burden to be loved, Mm. you might start to isolate yourself. You might start to think that if you shared about what you were really going through, people would be annoyed by you. And when you have big dreams, you don't want to tell people or ask for help, or you have prayer requests. You don't even want to ask people to pray because you've decided you're a burden to be loved. Mm. If you believe that you're a failure, then you might not want to start anything or try anything or risk anything or take one step because you think you'll make the same mistakes you once did in the past. Sometimes you might not even obey what God is calling you to do because Mm. you've resigned to believing that anything you start will crash and burn because you are a failure. These are all lies Mm. that the enemy of our souls hopes that we believe because Mm. he knows that what we think about ourselves determines how we live. And he doesn't want us to know what he knows, which mm. is that if we discovered how loved we are by God, how chosen we are by God, how safe we are in the hands of God, then we would start living like we are. Mm. It turns out that children of God, knowing who we are and living the lives we've been created to live is the enemy's greatest threat. So for all of us who have struggled with knowing who we are, we're not crazy. Mm. We've been told lies our whole life. The enemy of our souls has been fighting against us, hoping that these lies trap us in the wrong patterns of thinking and in the wrong patterns of living. So God sent a solution Mm. for us to be able to know the truth about who we really are. Mm. 
you guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. It's so good. You know, you talk in this new project that you have, You're More Than You've Been Told, which is what we've just been talking about, actually. You have a yeah. book that uh, You're More Than You've Been Told. Um, and you talk about rhythms of abiding with Christ. And yes. abiding is like, to me, it feels like a churchy word because I yeah. only hear it in church, right? Like, I'm not, I don't ever right. hear it anywhere. Where do you abide? Who are you right. abiding with? It's like right. such a church word. <laughs> but I actually have grown to love it so much yeah. because... Um, Abiding with Christ literally means to like be with Christ. Um, right. And yet it sounds like, oh, just go abide with Christ. And yet right. we don't. We find it difficult. We find it confusing. Yes. Uh, we find it hard maybe. Yes. And so I want to just hear from you a little bit of encouragement for us as followers of Jesus, which most of my listeners are, is what does it look like to practically abide yes. with Jesus like yes. in everyday everyday life. Yes. I love that you said that because I knew when I went through this kind of identity crisis seven years ago and was trying to figure out how to get my life back, I remember that people said in church, you know, find your identity in Christ. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm down. I'm in. Can <laughs> someone tell me how? How? <laughs> how? Yeah. And then they'd say, to find your identity in Christ, you have to abide in Christ. I'm like, you don't have to sell me. I'm in. Can somebody give me the steps? And I don't know what that is. I am mm. a hopes up, hands raised kind of person, but more than anything, I'm a hands-on kind of girl. And there are so many things I feel like I could do if someone would just tell me how. Could you explain to me the steps? And so I was just wondering, like, what does following Jesus for real look like for the rest of us? Mm. For those of us who no one explained to us these words, or we weren't raised in church, how do I find my identity in Christ and abide in Christ practically? So in that season, I actually called one of my friends 
who works in vineyards. We get this verse from Jesus himself. Uh He says in John 15, abide in me, I'll abide in you. And apart from me, you can do nothing, but with me, you'll bear great fruit. And I needed a fresh perspective of this verse to figure out how I was going to do it practically. And I called my friend who's not even a Jesus person yet in the name of Jesus, (laughs) but she's one of my best friends. And, you know, we talk all the time. We're texting all the time. And I know, I knew that she didn't have a context for this verse. So she was going to give me maybe not her churchy answer, but her agricultural answer. She's Which worked is in helpful because for a decade. Jesus is talking yes. about an actual vine. Right. And I didn't yeah. grow up on a vineyard. Yeah. And so I'm like, somebody tell me how. And so I called her and I said, hey, can you just explain to me the relationship between the branches and the vine? Is all the branches need to live is to be connected to the vine? That's mm-hmm. all they need is to be connected? And she said to me this. She said, technically... Yes, all the branches need to live is to be connected to the vine, the source of life. But she said, without a trellis, without a structure, the branches will carry more weight than they were meant to carry and they will live their lives weighed down. And she said, they will fight an uphill battle. They don't have to fight. And then eventually the branches will grow apart from themselves and then grow apart from the vine. So really you need a structure. And that was a line in the sand moment for me when I thought I have lived so weighed down. Mm. I'm carrying weights that I'm not meant to carry. I'm fighting an uphill battle that I don't have to fight. I think I need to reclaim my life by reclaiming my structure. Mm. I need to look at my life and see how I am going to be connected to Jesus and stay connected to Jesus so I don't break apart from myself and break apart from the source of life. And here's the thing. When we think about things like rhythms or what um, some people might call spiritual disciplines, these habits, some of us were raised in settings where all the emphasis was on the spiritual disciplines Mm -hmm. and all the emphasis was on the structure or on the rhythms. And so we thought that we get salvation Mm. from the spiritual disciplines or salvation from the rhythms. But this moment changed everything for me because I realized there is no life in the structure. There's no life in the trellis. It's a stick. That's all that it is. Right. It can't bear fruit. It can't bear fruit. It doesn't give you life. It doesn't have the water or the vitamins. It doesn't. But the structure helps you stay connected to the source. There Mm. is no salvation in the structure. There's only salvation in the source of life, Jesus Christ himself. But the structure helps you stay connected to the source, Jesus. Mm. And I have learned throughout these years when I have felt disconnected from myself and disconnected from God, when I have felt weighed down or have been unsure of who I am, I've remembered this, that the truth is you will know more of who you really are when you spend real time with the one who knows you best. Mm. The fight for your life might look like fighting for your schedule. How will you have a structure that helps you stay connected to the one who knows you best? That structure thing is so good, Hosanna. I mean, because I've been to vineyards, I enjoy drinking wine, um, I like the aspect of hearing about it. In fact, our family went to Italy last summer for a whole month and we visited a couple of vineyards and it was really great because it does bring John 15 to life. If we're thinking the structure does not give a salvation and that Mm -hmm. is something that someone needs to hear today is a structure does not give a salvation. What are some structures for your life that have helped you abide in Christ? 
Yes. So I did an in-depth study on the lifestyle of Jesus. Oh, I like this. And I thought, if I'm going to take my structure from anybody, if I want to follow the lifestyle or the habits of anybody, I want to do it from the guy himself. He's like the the number number one one human influencer. (laughs) I wonder how Jesus structured his life. You know, Jesus had people who um, had a lot of opinions about him. The enemy came at him three times trying Mm -hmm. to make him doubt who he was. Um, Jesus had a life of a lot of responsibilities, of a busy schedule. How did Jesus live in private to help him know who he was and live the life he was created to live in public? Mm. I want to live like that. So in my book, it is an in-depth study of the rhythms of Jesus and how he lived and showed us how to live when we follow him. And I'll I'll give you four because I wonder Mm. if there's one that sticks out to you. Yeah. Like for you too, of when I'm reclaiming my structure. Here's four rhythms of Jesus and ways that I've tried to make it practical in my real everyday life. So live in the grace. Your rhythms won't look like my rhythms, and they might not look like your rhythms 10 years ago, but here's four of Jesus. The first is a rhythm of scripture. You might need a new way to engage in God's word. That was true for me. This translation I was reading, I didn't understand. The time of day I was trying to read it because that's how my mom read it or what my pastor said he does wasn't the time of day that worked for me. I wasn't engaging in what God says about me. And if you're here and you're thinking, I read my Bible every day really fast and I don't get anything out of it and it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm trying to read it more and harder and faster. The answer is not keep doing what you're doing and Mm -hmm. add more hours to that. No, the answer is let's have a self audit Mm -hmm. of your routines and your personality and how you engage and what you enjoy. And it might be a new translation. It might be a different time of day. It might be listening to it on audiobook as you take a walk. It might be doing it in community, having a friend that you do a version plan with mm-hmm. and you are texting every day about what you're learning. I don't know what it is for you, but it is worth you thinking, how am I engaging in God's word? Mm-hmm. How will you make sure that you know what God says about you? And Jesus showed us this rhythm. There's a story in Luke where Jesus is on a road trip with his family and he leaves the path everyone is on. He's a teenager, and he goes out of his way to go to the temple to read the scrolls, what was written of the Bible at that time, to know what God said about him. Jesus would go out of his way to discover his identity, and we can do that too. So I've done um, the Bible recap before, which is an, an audio and a like a Bible plan as well. Um, but this summer, I've been walking a lot. And I'm a walker already. I love to go on walks. My neighborhood is beautiful. I just yeah. love being outside. I actually don't mind being outside when it's hot if I'm supposed to be outside. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like to sweat when I'm supposed to be sweating. So, um, But I have been listening to Annie F. Downs read through the Gospels. Yeah. And um, she does a new translation every month. And I start my walk with that. And it's just been really, really great. And that's what you're talking about is it's nothing like, it's not the only time I'm in scripture, but it's this new thing that I've added Yes, that is just like a little like, it's almost like, this is the dumbest example, but it just came to my head. It's almost like if you were like trying out new cooking stuff and you're like, I'm going to try a new spice this month. Like you're still cooking chicken. You know, you're just going <laughs> to try it with something else, which the irony that I just came up with a cooking example is not lost on me because I don't cook. But all I'm saying is like, I just did a little like switch up this summer and I have loved it. It's been yes. so good for my soul. Yes. That's a perfect example. I think when I uh, got the crazy, amazing honor and joy and privilege to lead my baby brother, Elijah to Jesus, 
I remember thinking all the ways people would tell me how to tell him how to read the Bible. And yet my brother didn't know Jesus personally yet like he was just starting his journey so together we slowly read through john and we would do one chapter a day but we would read it twice and we would ask god before we read it god show me something new about you and show me something new about how to live Mm. and then we would just say we would zoom if we weren't together and say hey what did you learn about god and what did you learn about how to live and we Mm. were slowly going through john a book because you mentioned Annie and and her going through the Gospels, which is so amazing. I felt that. I've read John so many times. I've taught yeah. out of most of John. And yet when I was doing it with another person, also seeing it through their lens and going through a Gospel in community mm. was helpful for me to see it in th- through a new lens and to go through it slowly. Yeah. Um, this is also what Jamie is saying, what I'm saying, based on our personalities and how we engage and what we like. I am not going on walks and cooking chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not cooking chicken per se, but I am going on walks anyway. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, in this season right now, how will I do this? And this can be an engageable, enjoyable way. Mm. And so I will even say that that rhythm evolves with me. Like that is not the same way I'm doing it today as I did two years ago and probably won't be in two years when I have really early flights, when I'm with community a lot or I'm alone a lot. I have different rhythms, but Mm. I... I will not let this rhythm uh, stop in my life. It's mm. too important. I will forget who I am and I will lose who I am and then I won't know what to do in my yeah. life. So one is the rhythm of scripture. You stop me at any one of these and mm. keep going. dialogue with me. The other one is rhythm of prayer, mm. which is is so interesting for me that it's been so um, impactful for me because I've prayed most of my life. I talk to God all the time, casually, um, while I'm driving in the car. Like It's a very ongoing conversational one-on-one relationship I've got with God. And yet there were some things in my life, some wounds that I had resolved would never be healed mm-hmm. and some weights I had resolved I will always just have to carry alone. And there was a moment when a friend asked me, have you prayed to God about it? And I like rolled my eyes. Like mm-hmm. I'm offended by this question. Like how dare you ask me? Yeah. Of course, I've asked yeah. God, heal, heal me of everything. Uh-huh. And she said, have you prayed specific prayers over every specific situation, every specific memory of your childhood, every specific mm-hmm. lie you've heard because maybe you're carrying weights you were not meant to carry. And a rhythm of prayer um, has transformed my life and my relationship with God. I break it down in three different ways. One is solitude, mm. um, fighting to find time alone with God in your thoughts. Two, specific prayers, which is what I'm talking about right now. And three, saying thanks, having a rhythm of gratitude in your mm. life. But I will say specific prayers probably more than any of the the, the rhythms of prayer has really helped me forgive. Um, not someone who said something mean to me last year, but like something a family member said to me when I was 13 Mm. that has been a ceiling over my life. Like we're talking about how to know who you are in God. I have let some of these lies take root and Mm. grow. And so it was a, a rhythm I had. I wrote down all of these lies and all of these situations, things when I ran away when I was a kid and no one ran after me, mm. things like that, moments when people should have been there for me and they weren't, all of these lies. And I went through them one by one, try to see them through God's lens and through the power of the cross and handing them over to God and trying to see Jesus in the story. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and get from Jesus what other people were not able to give to me. It didn't happen in a day or weeks. Mm-hmm. It took months of a rhythm of praying specific prayers. And there were some moments when I felt called to forgive someone. And there were some moments when I felt called to call someone and say I was sorry. Mm-hmm. There, there was transformation that happened if I wouldn't have specifically gone to God in prayer about all the situations. I can talk about that for forever. I love that. So a rhythm of prayer. Um, we have to go out of our way for it. Otherwise, we might realize we've casually talked to God for mm-hmm. weeks and mm-hmm. haven't actually surrendered to Him or been alone with our thoughts or with Him in yeah. some time. Yeah. The third is a rhythm of rest, yeah. which is by far the hardest for me and the most unnatural for me. But it probably was the thing when I was studying the lifestyle of Jesus that I was the most convicted about, about how he had so much responsibility with his friends and his family and his ministry and his calling, Mm -hmm. very important things. And yet he would go out of his way to find time to rest, how rest was something God commanded and Jesus demonstrated. But Jesus said, don't worship it. Don't worship the structure. But this is how you will Mm -hmm. have life in the source of life. When I see the rhythm of Jesus and him resting I realized how much of my life I had spent not really relying on God at all. When God commands that we work six days and rest one, I really mm-hmm. thought I should work seven. I had better ideas yeah. of how I thought God should do things and how I should live. Mm-hmm. I've been very convicted. And we spoke earlier about Sabbath, but I will say that because of I knew so many of my friends' rhythms about Sabbath, I, I really felt like I could just never do that. Mm. I couldn't do it the same way, the same day. And I also, I mean, I grew up in an inner city, like I grew up in a busyness and chaos, like Sabbath can't possibly be for us normal people. Mm -hmm. And yet I can see in my life how that has translated into me living and working to find my value, Mm -hmm. trying to do more, produce more, hustle harder, even if I had an achievement, always feeling like it wasn't enough. And if Mm -hmm. something didn't reach the goal I wanted, I had a... I would spiral in defeat. Mm. I didn't know who I was because I wasn't finding rest in God, knowing that I was already loved without producing one thing. Mm. There is a rhythm He gives us these habits. There's a reason why He gives us these habits. They counteract the pace of culture. Mm. They counteract the ways that we can be trapped in the wrong patterns of living. So here we have rest. And And when you talked about our structure, that's one of the main things at the beginning of the month when I know I'm planning throughout my month, Mm. when are we going to have this rest That intentionality. Yeah, we had to because we don't have the same schedule. Mm -hmm. We don't have the same job. We don't have the Mm -hmm. same rhythms. Not all weeks are created equal. So for me and my husband to have a day where we don't get ahead, where we don't check boxes on a to-do list, Mm -hmm. where we don't work, where we stop and let a to-do list that is not finished still exist in another room. Mm -hmm. For us to do that, it takes planning and intentionality. And we can exhaust ourselves doing a lot of good things and completely miss the life God has called us to live. Mm. And for a long time, I did that. Mm -hmm. And so the fourth is a rhythm of real community. And I don't mean real community, like I said earlier, like, oh, you grew up with these people. These are your best friends, your ride or dies for 25 years. And I mean real community. And I break it up in two ways that I I wonder if this might be, um, I don't know, I would love to hear how you do this, but I break up in two ways, confession and celebration. Mm-hmm. When Jesus goes out of his way to constantly be in real community, we see it demonstrated in two ways, constantly being real with people, getting real about what he was going through and also celebration. 
celebrating with people. He was at weddings and parties and dinners, celebrating what God is already doing. And we will not find real community outside of these two things. We need to make sure that we are actively confessing to people what we are really going through. Not everybody, but Mm -hmm. a trusted person or a trusted couple of people Mm -hmm. and a rhythm of celebration, which is something I dismissed most of my life. Celebration doesn't sound like it's a command of God. Mm -hmm. This doesn't sound like a godly thing to do. And yet it is. God commands it. Jesus demonstrates it. That's a big Mm -hmm. portion of my book because I think my husband and I, when we decided to have all of these rhythms in our lives and we have a structure, making sure we celebrate throughout the month, making sure making sure I'm not just automatically saying no to everything because I'm socially exhausted all the time, but creating a rhythm to make sure I'm obeying God, um, it changed our lives. Wow. So real community, those are the four and, and confession and celebration I would put under real community. Mm-hmm. And so these four rhythms are rhythms of Jesus that helped him live lighter, know who he was, and live the life he was created to live. And we can learn these rhythms too in our real everyday lives. I love it so much. The Real Community one, I just interviewed, I don't know if you've ever met him, Justin Whitmill Early. He has a book made for people. It comes out maybe the same time as yours, but my interview doesn't come out till October. Uh, But it's about, he calls it covenant friendships. And it goes perfectly with what you're just saying. So that as well. Um, I want to tell you that of those four, I'll tell you the two that are hardest for me. And the two that I would say, and I think that as people are listening, they'll, they'll hear those and, and you might, the Holy Spirit might come to mind like, oh, this is where I'm drawing you closer. This is where I think you need to di- to dig in a little bit more. Yeah. For me, mine have probably, <laughs> this is probably like a bad thing, haven't changed much over the last five years. Like these would still be the two that I struggle with the most, which is interesting. And maybe the Holy Spirit is like, hey, how about we have a conversation about this? Uh, of those four between scripture, prayer, rest, and real community, um, prayer and rest would be the two that I would go, I I feel a sense probably consistently from the Holy Spirit that that this is where I need to probably dig in deeper, not for my salvation, but as a structure, like you said. Yeah. And I love that. That language that you said is going to stick with me for a long time. Um, and not as in the like prayer every day, but the way you described what God did for you in praying specific prayers, I would say is hard for me. Um, yeah, for a lot of reasons. One, I would feel like I kind of have this like, gosh, if we don't talk about it, we don't have to think about it and we don't have to feel it, all those things. Yeah. But what I've learned in my age and in counseling is whether you talk about it or think about it, it's there. Hmm. And so, um, just from like a brain psychological aspect, like that was a hurt that I felt. It doesn't just go away, even if I don't talk about it. But the way mm-hmm. you just describe those specific prayers, that really, well, I'm going to think about that for a while. And so that was one for me. And then rest. I think it's just like, sometimes I'm like, I've got all these kids, we got all these things and all this stuff. And I'll go through seasons where resting is important to me and a value and I see the difference. And then I'll go through seasons, Hosanna, where I'm just like, I don't have time to rest. Like I can't, I can't do this. And, um, so those are just the ones that rise to the top for me. I'm sure people are listening. Think of others. Um, 
Yeah. And when people are listening, they might think, oh, here's one that I do really well. Yeah. Like, you might be able to acknowledge one that you've had a lot of growth in mm-hmm. and one that you can teach people how to do practically. Yeah. yeah. And then there might be one that you feel like God is calling you to maybe reconsider your structure. Here's something where I'm at right now with this too, is one of the one of the things that can happen to us, we give our lives to Jesus, we want to abide in Christ. But as you grow and you flourish and you carry more weights, you cannot have the same structure that you once had. Mm. Sometimes people feel like, man, am I disconnecting from God? Yeah. Am I not living right? Am I doing something wrong? Because you start to feel a little bit disconnected. But it might not be that you're living apart from God. It might be that you're carrying new weights and you're mm. flourishing and you cannot, the same structure that used to work for you might not work anymore. You need a stronger structure, a wider structure, and you might have to relook at your rhythms. So it's not looking at those four and thinking, check, 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 check. I do all of those. It's okay. Now what do I need I to grow that. in? How does this need to evolve? When Guy, my husband's name is Guy. So when people are listening, I don't think I'm like disrespecting him or something. Um, my, when my husband, Guy, and I felt called to more things, I thought that cannot be true mm. because I am at my emotional capacity and I am at my social capacity and my mm-hmm. physical capacity. But we feel God is calling us for more in our family, in our relationships, in our ministries. God, you'll have to grow our capacity. Mm. God, will you grow our capacity to obey you? If you are calling us to this, we need you to grow our capacity. And we feel like God brought to mind through prayer, through time with God, our rhythms brought Mm. to mind the areas of margin we might have that maybe we're giving to the wrong things and brought to mind the ways we could have capacity. And it looks like looking at our structure and thinking, this is a good structure. This is stronger than it was 10 years ago. You know, this is a good structure. We have good rhythms. We do all these things, but to be able to hold more fruit, Mm. to be able to hold more weights, to be able to hold growth, we actually need a stronger structure. Mm. And so I also want to give that encouragement to anyone today to not live in guilt or shame. It might be that you just yeah. need to relook at your structure, but to also live in the grace that this might need to evolve yeah. season by season so that you can be connected and stay connected mm. to Jesus and flourish and live the life he's called you to live. That is so good because our seasons change often in our lives as we grow, as we age, as we add and take away, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's family or job or communities, whatever it looks like. And to have the ability to go, okay, God, like you, you have brought me here. I'm trusting you to help me with the structure. That is such a needed word for someone today. I know that you guys, as you're listening to this conversation with Jose and I, the book is out. You can get it. Uh, you're more than you've been told. You can get it wherever books are sold. Jose, I want to finish with this. I want to know what are you reading these days? Okay. Some of these are holy and some (laughs) are perfect for the Jamie Ivey podcast. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So the truth is these are the three books I'm reading. Um, I'm reading The Spirit of Disciplines by Dallas Willard, which I read once a year. So a rhythm in my life is this. And he talks about these spiritual disciplines. I picked four to make them very practical about Mm -hmm. how we can know who we are and our identity in Christ. I picked four rhythms of Jesus, but he goes over... um, a dozen or yeah. more. And it's just so powerful. So every year, Rhythm of My Life is that I actually read I love it. Spirit of Disciplines by Dallas Willard. This other one came to me by surprise. It's called On Living Well by Eugene Peterson. 
I love this. And it is something that I add on to my Bible reading every day, but it's short excerpts from messages that he once gave that don't have a home. Like short excerpts from messages he gave to his local church that don't live in a book or don't live in any kind of product or packaging, but there are things he said on, and, and it's like in categories of things. So it's like on beginning, on prayers, on simplicity, on, and it's just like one page, one page of something he once said in a sermon. Okay. But, it's, but because it doesn't live anywhere else, they compiled it in this book called On Living Well by Eugene Peterson. Sometimes I'll just read like a couple of pages along with my Bible reading, I'm on my fourth read through of this this year. Oh, I year. love it. It is so refreshing and practical. Okay, can I read you my favorite thing? Yes, can and I read while you? you're looking it's for really it. It's really short. Yeah, while you're looking ahead. for it, I want to tell you, I read A Burning in Our Bones. <gasps> yeah. Oh, by um, Wynn Collier, and it is the biography of Eugene Peterson. It, it will go down as one of the best books I read, read this year. There's so much I have to learn from him still. Oh like, my god! Thank you that you wrote it down. Oh my goodness. Okay. This okay. is, it's so short. It's four sentences Go long. Go for it. But it's one of my favorite things. Jesus says in Luke 14, 34, salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? And then Eugene Peterson says this, the answer to Jesus's question is simple. How can saltiness be restored? It can't. You have to go back to the salt mines. You have to dig some fresh salt. Mm. Oh my goodness. Even what we're talking about, about the yeah. rhythms of Jesus and how we constantly talk about the rhythms that God's you know, calling us to live in with the next season of our lives. I love the idea of, I need to dig some fresh salt. Yeah. I'm not trying to restore saltiness from 10 years ago. Yeah. I need to say, God, will you give me a fresh encounter today? Jesus, That's I want so a fresh good. encounter with you today. Fresh salt, fresh wind, fresh rhythm. So I love that. And then the truth is the other book I'm reading right now is called Chinatown Pretty. And okay. it's a photo journal, fashion and wisdom from Chinatown's most stylish seniors. <laughs> I and love it. Pictures and articles about stylish seniors in Chinatown, San Francisco. Oh and my gosh. I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm manifesting. Like this is going to be me <laughs> in my future. I'm going to do devotionals and stylish outfits in Chinatown in San Francisco. But it's just so cute. These oh. cute Chinese grandmas and their cute puffy coats and beanies and I just love it. So I look through it sometimes in like quiet time. I just, I don't know. I'm just so inspired by it. So those are the three books, three I very different books. I love it so much. Well, I'm adding that Eugene Peterson book to my list right now uh, because good. I need that in my life. Um, Hosanna, I adore you. Um, congrats on this book. Thanks, uh, friend. Came out yesterday if you guys are listening. And I'm just so excited for the ways that it's going to minister to people um, in ways of like, this is where I'm thinking about it. And full disclosure, I told you this before that I haven't, I haven't been able to read your book yet, but I can't wait to read it. Is it to me, it feels like this kind of conversation that I want to have with myself every like five or six years. Yeah. Almost like this, like, God, let's renew things I know and things I need to do because I know I need them in a fresh way right now. That's what it makes me feel like. And I yeah. hope that's a good, a good description of what it is. It feels yes. like a fresh wind a little bit in my sail. Yes. I I feel that. I've yeah. known Jesus for a lot of my life. And yet as I was even writing it, I uh -huh. was like, I'm ready to build a stronger structure. Mm -hmm. It's identity in Christ and abide in Christ for the rest of us. I Trying to make it. this practical so we can be close to Jesus for real. I love yeah. it. Well, I love you, friend. Thanks for inviting me to do this with too. you. Thanks for coming on the happy hour again. See you soon. 
The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell. And the show is edited by Jason Talley. 